First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone. All right, so I, I'm going to do this because I'm your friend and I love you. Prediction, Steelers 24, 49ers 14. Steelers have better quarterback. Brock Purdy can't throw it deep. Elbow not ready. We'll see Sam Darnold at some point. Steelers will get after him. Kenny Pickett and Pickens will connect for two touchdowns. Jalen Warren will make a big play. That was your prediction for Steelers Niners. And a great advertisement to purchase Twitter Blue because then you can go back and edit those tweets and change the prediction to one that's right and everything that came with it. Maybe I should have just deleted it. Uh, but, you know, the internet is undefeated and somebody would have just screenshotted it and sent it to old to old takes exposed and freezing cold takes or whatever anyways. I mean, I was not going to escape that one. Um, but I barely have a sense of humor about this. I mean, it was that bad. My my father was watching the game down in Atlanta, bits and pieces of it, and didn't catch the whole game and texted me and said, you know, what happened here? Was this 49ers being great or was this Steelers being awful? And honestly, I think it's more about the Steelers being bad. I I really think it was more about how pitiful they were in this game across the board. I mean, Pickett was terrible. Uh, I'm never going to get hoodwinked into preseason performance ever again. It doesn't mean shit. If anything, I think Tomlin, as a great coach, in air quotes, maybe gave his team a false sense of security, that they were better than they really were because they were feasting against third string Atlanta Falcons and backup Tampa Bay Buccaneers in two of those three games and thought, Oh, we're really good. He did something so unusual. This might sound like a little thing, but they won the toss and he said, give me the ball. He did not defer. He thought his offense was going to do what it did in the preseason and just shove it right up San Francisco's number one defense rear end. It did not. Uh, The offensive coaching, this is what scares me about the Steelers long-term, even though I will remain on the picket bandwagon. Um, the offensive coaching is just not, it's not major league. You see what San Francisco does to get guys wide open. This offense doesn't do that. George Pickens is visibly frustrated on the bench because he's not getting targeted and he's their best receiver. He takes a taunting penalty. Then he basically tells reporters to F off after the game. Cam Hayward gets hurt, doesn't play the second half. They get run on first play of the second, second play of the second half is a 65 yard touchdown run. Uh, Deontay Johnson blows out his hamstring. I mean, it was just a Murphy's law game. Steelers fans sold their tickets to 49ers fans, which was just shameful. Everything about the game sucked, Danny. I tried to tell you about the preseason, man. I tried to tell you, it doesn't mean anything. Peyton Manning would go winless and then win the Super Bowl. And I know no one likes the guy who says, I told you so, but I just love saying I told you so, so much. Well, I've got you some I told you so's later in the show, so. I know, I know. And then it's not fun. And then it's not fun when you're eating the crow. I understand. <laughs> Ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. I know you'll have the gun but later. But look, I mean, the thing about, you loved San Francisco in this game, so you're allowed to take a victory lap. You were all over them. I don't think you said 30 to 7. No, you I didn't. very confident in them winning this game that had a very low spread because there was so much hype around the Steelers. Um, I thought I thought it got out of hand in both directions. I, I thought that the Niners hate, which we had done a ton of because of mishandling the Purdy situation, and then the Steelers love because of the perfect pass rating in the preseason, distorted the fact 
that one of these teams is an unquestioned top five team in the NFL and the other is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this, the Niners minus less than three is a good bet against damn near anybody, certainly against the team as unproven as Pittsburgh offensively. I'm just amazed by how good of a coach Shanahan is in game as an offensive play caller and schemer. They have defensive coordinators come and go. Their inside linebackers, Greenlaw and Werner, are amazing, tremendous players. They're third and fifth round picks, respectively. They revamped their secondary. All those guys played well. I mean, I'm just so, like, I'm supposed to be in a position where 99% of the league says, oh, the Steelers have a great coaching staff. And I'm watching what the 49ers have, and I'm jealous of the way they're coached. I mean, Purdy, Danny, this stat blew my mind, and I, I I didn't mention it on Thursday, or maybe I did, I don't remember. The 49ers have led the NFL in yards after the catch for five straight seasons. That's ridiculous. I, I mean, that's still like, I know that Debo Samuel, this, and they just had McCaffrey for half a season. Like, how is that possible? They get guys so wide open. There's always space. I give Purdy credit, like he knows where to put the ball. He 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 is a well. Some of those throws were pretty incredible, man. Like he made he made a really good play getting away from Minka on a safety blitz and and found Ayuk. The second touchdown pass to Ayuk was a dime. That was that was the one I wanted to. That was the one I wanted to bring up. That like, that was a very very high level play. Like that, I, that made me say Purdy, Purdy's going to get some love and he's going to deserve it. I just don't understand why the Steelers didn't pretty much bring their safeties down to the line of scrimmage, have their corners jam their receivers, and just say, "Throw it behind us." You know, you've got this elbow where Jeff Darlington said pregame they weren't sure he could throw the ball accurately more than fifteen or twenty yards. Test them, and they really didn't the entire game. So maybe a better coach team will do that next week. Rough tackling on that McCaffrey run. By yeah, the way. and the Steelers' defense is supposed to be elite, and other than TJ Watt, it very much was not today. Okay, Danny, I'm going to flip it. <laughs> I told you on Thursday, I thought the Bears were under the most pressure to win in Week One because you dealt with Favre, you dealt with Rodgers. And this was supposed to be the game where maybe for the first time in 25 years, the shoe was on the other foot. And it was not. It was sickening. <laughs> I mean, like, 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 honestly. I shouldn't laugh because I love the Bears this season too. So I'm in the same. I'm in the it's same. It's not the same. With you. It's not the same. I, I, I was being mocked via text by family and friends and colleagues. Well, we had that in common today, so I can't <laughs> empathize with you there. It was a very unpleasant experience. Like I, Congratulations to Jordan Love. He played well. He played basically perfect football on third and fourth down. But the Bears did nothing. They weren't even close enough to blow him a kiss. He wouldn't know what any single defensive lineman on the Bears' breath smelled like at any point in the game. They Their defense was utterly pathetic in terms of rushing the passer. And then when there would be a broken play, 
They'd snap the ball to Jordan Love. He would drop it. Then he would pick it up, almost drop it again. And Hargrave, their rookie tight end, has no one within 15 yards of him in busted coverage all the way down the field. And Love lobs it up in the air. Hargrave, backpedaling, falls down and still makes the catch. I think it's Musgrave, by the way. I think you're so... I think you're so unfilled right now. You're getting names wrong. My point is this. The Packers made four mistakes on a play in which they gained like 50 yards. Yeah, That was how the game went. And then, but the most frustrating thing of all of it, having a defensive head coach who can't coach up a defense that used three of their four... Uh, three of their top four draft picks this year on defensive players, two big free agent signings at linebacker, including TJ Edwards, who blew a coverage on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones went untouched 50 yards for a touchdown on a play where he pulled his hamstring and TJ Edwards supposed to be a coverage linebacker, still couldn't even touch a running back, got out and played by him. Despite all that stuff and fields holding onto the ball too long, I've lived through Aaron Cromer, and Matt Nagy, and Gary Croton, and Dow Loggins, and some terrible, terrible Matt Canada-esque to Pittsburgh guys this for you, offensive game plans and play calling. What in the ever-loving bleep are they doing with Justin Fields where he throws the ball 37 times and three of them travel more than 10 yards in the air? Three of them. Like, it, and then he's at, Fields is asked about it after the game. And he says, oh, yeah, that was the game plan. The lateral passes was the game plan. We just didn't block it up. DJ Moore had two targets when the game mattered. They were down 24 to 6, and he had two targets. What is the point of having the most gifted athlete in the sport at quarterback with a massive arm and a number one receiver who you trade the first overall pick for to skip on a quarterback if you're not going to throw the damn ball down the field. And then when he threw the ball down the field, they score a touchdown <laughs> to Darnell Mooney. It was just, it was I, no design runs. Every run that he had was a tuck and run. It was, it was unbelievable. I, I just, it was so cowardly. It was coaching malpractice. Yeah, and that's one of those situations, Danny, where I think you got to get to the bottom of, is that Luke Getze or is that Matt Eberflus? Is that Eberflus telling Luke Getze, this is what we're going to do? Or is that the offensive coordinator who I actually like and have a lot of respect for, as a matter of fact? Is that just him on his own coming up with, to me, what is the worst? It's, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the third bowl of porridge that it's trying to like find that middle ground. And in the process, you actually F the whole thing up. If I'm, if I'm either going to let Justin Fields, I'm going to unleash him and let him do his thing and live with the, and and take the bad with the big explosive plays or, or I'm just pretty much going to design Baltimore's old offense with Lamar Jackson and say, all right, let's put our three running backs in the backfield with you or whatever, and just try to play that way. And maybe he has 10 to 15 designed runs per game. Because I don't think people can stop that, by the way. It might get him killed. But I don't think defenses can stop him playing that way. And to your point, when you completely take that out of the offense, you know how much easier that makes it for the other team? I mean, you're right. What a joke. Like, I understand you want to protect Three of 37 pass attempts traveled more than 10 yards in the air, dude. I I understand. Like, that shows that they're, they're, to me, they don't have confidence in him. 
to make those plays downfield. But I, I'm, I'm almost more alarmed by the fact that there were no design runs today. Because it was that's insane. Because that's taking what we know to be his greatest strength as a player and not utilizing it whatsoever. Horrendous. It, 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 was, it was truly humiliating. Like Luke Getzey should be humiliated. He should honestly be embarrassed. I couldn't stand it. 